When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sir, there's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. Joey, you like movies about gladiators? Isn't that a wonderful beginning? Yeah, it's really good. Hello! And welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia show podcast that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Jason. Sometimes they call me Zabe. I answer to both. Uh, And today we have two great contestants, best friends from years gone by, who have kept in touch all these years. And they're ready to battle it out for fabulous prizes and in the process, do their part save Generation X from fading into oblivion. Are you ready to do your part? Please join us and play along with our contestants and see what rad prize you would have won if you were here with us, Saving Generation X. We're so happy that you've chosen to join us and I hope you get a nice dose of nostalgia and a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready to go, let's start the show. Our contestants today are Marissa, Hey, I'm super excited to be here. And no matter what Adam, Marty, or Mike says, Jason is my best friend. (laughs) Thank you. And she'll be battling Christine. Hey, Marissa, just so you know, no points for you. (laughs) (laughs) But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. Uh, If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds and the player with most points after Round two goes on to play our bonus round and try and win today's prize. That is, unless the losing player can play spoiler to her and prevent them from winning the prize. Round one. Round one today is a game called The Facts of Life. It's a game where we take the top 10 facts about a topic and players must compete to identify them on a top 10 list. An incorrect answer gets them a strike and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of the round one will be awarded the power which is a position which will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded for round one, Mike Gibbs, but having the power in round two can have a great advantage. We flipped the coin backstage and Marissa, you won the coin flip. So you get to go first. Round one, facts of life. Facts of life. New Kids on the Block was a cultural phenomenon that enjoyed success in the late 80s and early 90s. They have sold more than 70 million records worldwide. They have won two American Music Awards in 1990 for favorite pop group and favorite pop album, and also have three number one hits on the Billboard charts. I have a list of the top 10 songs from New Kids on the Block, ranked first by their peak position on the chart and next by the number of total weeks they were on the chart. So that's how they're ranked but you guys need to guess uh, the song titles of these top 10 ranked songs by their success, okay? So essentially the most successful New Kids on the Block songs, okay? Marissa, you won the coin flip. So you get to go first. Name that song. Hanging Tough. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Hanging Tough is number two on the list. Nice, I'll take that. Christine, what do you got? You got the right stuff, baby. <laughs> Love the way you turn me on. Right stuff. Okay, but what about the song title? <laughs> Both. Oh, we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's number five on the list. Very good. Marissa? Number five is alive. Please don't go, girl. 
Correct. Yeah, Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> number nine. That was number nine? That's number nine. Wow. Absolutely. I know. Some of these might surprise you. Uh, I was surprised on their rankings. So, um, Christine, no strikes so far. Two, <coughs> two correct answers for Marissa, one for Christine. Christine, tie it up. Step by step, ooh, baby, <laughs> gonna get to you, girl. Step by step. Step one. In case you missed that. We can have lots of fun. Step two. It's just me. There's so much you can do. Oh. Come on now. I'm not step gonna need three. any music clips for this one. <laughs> it's just uh, you and me. That was number three. Step three was, oh, sorry. Step uh, by step was number three on the list. No strikes so far. You guys are doing great. Marissa, it's going to get a little tougher after this, I think. Number one is still up for grabs. Number one, four, six, seven, eight, and 10. Not sure how that helps you, but it's still up. Uh, I'll be loving you forever. Just as long as you want me to be. Something like that, <laughs> right? That's, or is that the same song I already sang? <laughs> I'll Be Loving You was the number one song for New Kids on the Block. Nice. That's the tiebreaker if it comes down to it. And it looks like it might. Uh, so no strikes yet. Christine, here you go. What do you got? I am really drawing a blank. Um... I'm going to say baby, baby, baby. Come on, Christine. I, I'm, ugh. I should have uh, checked out my New Kids on the Block stuff. I, it's been a long time. I don't even know if New Kids on the Block had a song called Baby, 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 but it was I can't not... say I don't know, so I just threw out something. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, so I'm sorry, that is one strike for you, Christine. That did not make our list of the list. Marissa, back to you. No strikes. You can take a, a commanding lead with this one, I think. She's my favorite girl. Oh, she's my favorite girl. No? Is that on there? <laughs> Did every New Kids on the Block song have the word girl in it, you think? Probably. <laughs> um, I, what's the song title you're trying to say? Favorite girl, my favorite girl, right? Isn't that a song? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. That is your first strike, Marissa. Back to you, Christine. You can get back in the game. Oh, Hide. You were dissing me for not knowing. Um, <laughs> baby, baby, baby is not a song. Have you listened to their music in the last 25 years? Uh, I went to their concert two years yeah, ago. <laughs> I did not. So I am way uh, out of uh, practice at this. Um, I, they had a Christmas album, but I don't know if those are singles. I've, those songs are stuck in my head. Is there a time limit? I mean, there's a Zoom time limit. <laughs> uh, is there a song called New Kids on the Block? That was a great educated try. <laughs> and, and actually, there is a song where they uh, re recount all of their their hits, they kind of incorporate them, they fold them into the lyrics. Um, and I'm not sure which one it is because uh, I did not follow New Kids on the Block super closely, as you might imagine. Um, <clears throat> however, that song title, whichever one you did not say, is not on the list. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. That is two strikes for Christine, one strike for Marissa. Marissa? What do you got? Uh, Christine, you jogged my memory. You should have gone with that. This one's for the children was like the best Christmas song of all time. <laughs> that had to have been a number one. That this one's for the children. Uh, shoot. And that doesn't say girl in it. That, that doesn't say girl in it. Thank you. <laughs> this one's for the female children. <laughs> that is number six on the list. <laughs> Uh, this one's for the children peaked at number seven and spent 16 weeks on the chart. Okay, so uh, recapping the score, that's uh, Christine with two strikes, Marissa with only one. Back to you, Christine. You can still win this. If only I knew. 
it's either get an answer here or you're you strike out there's this rapping christmas song with santa claus <laughs> i'm sure it's not in the top 10 but that's what's running through my head um i'm gonna guess yo santa <laughs> that is no santa it's terrible the yo santa um okay marissa you you want to rub it in or are you happy with your victory you got another one marissa uh i just like to hear you sing i feel like i've it, they all like start to mix together, so I don't know which ones I'm saying. <laughs> Isn't there one like Cover Girl or something like that? Summertime. I don't know. Both but I already won, right? You've already won. That's great. Okay. Both Summertime and Cover Girl were also songs uh, by Whoa! Cover Girl was number four on the list. So let me just bu uh, bust down the list. Uh, uh, number 10 was If You Go Away. Uh, that peaked at number 16 and uh, spent 13 weeks on the chart. Number nine, you got Marissa was Please Don't Go Girl, which I was surprised was number nine. Uh, that yeah. peaked at number 10 okay. and had 28 weeks on the chart. Number eight was Didn't I, parentheses, Blow Your Mind or Blow Your Mind. Oh, yes. oh yeah. I believe yeah. that was a cover of another song. Didn't I blow your mind this time? That was number eight, uh, peaked at number eight as well. They all sound the same, really, when I've seen them. <laughs> In my research, I couldn't tell if I uh, was listening to the same song or not on several occasions, but <laughs> outside the of the, the hits that I knew. You get the falsetto going, and it's either yeah. Ben or Joe. Yeah. <laughs> number seven was Tonight, which peaked at number oh, seven. That's the one that was on the tip of my brain. How does that one go? Sing that. A good time to claim that, Christine. Sing it. Sing it. Well done, yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost got that one. Yeah. Um, uh, Marissa, you got number six was This One's For The Children, which peaked at number seven uh, and spent 16 weeks on the chart. We were so excited when they made a Christmas album. <laughs> Christine, you got number five with uh, You Got It, The Right Stuff, which peaked at number three. Number four was Cover Girl, peaked at number two. Step by Step was three, uh, peaked at number one. And two was Hanging Tough. Peaked at number one as well. And their third number one hit was I'll Be Loving You Forever. Great job, ladies. So, Marissa, you won round one, which means I've got the power. That is correct. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. Uh, I like to ask a personal preference question to have the listeners get a better idea of who they're playing uh, against at home. Uh, this episode's personal preference question is younger generations had... Team Edward versus Team Jacob. However, our generation, it was Team Jordan versus Team Donnie. I mean, I guess it could be any of the guys in, from New Kids on the Block, but let's face it, nobody was Team Danny. <laughs> Unless you like rat tails. <laughs> so the question is, which team were you? Okay. Uh, Christine, welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about you and which team you were on. My name is Christine. I graduated 1994, EHS, grew up in Southern California, and now I live in the land of Bloom in the Pacific Northwest, but also home to Nirvana and flannel shirts, which were really popular, Generation X, so Icons. I feel like if, yeah, come back to it. Um, and my sister was Team Danny. Uh, it wasn't very popular, but she, that was the one she liked the most. But I was all about Jonathan. I always was drawn towards the quiet one. But I like Jordan a little, but I, I was more Jonathan. As a shy introvert, uh, that's music to my ears. That's yeah. some, somebody liked us out there. Okay. Uh, thank you, Christine. Thanks for being mm -hmm. on the show. Really appreciate it. Christine is playing against today. Uh, Marissa, Marissa, tell us a little bit about yourself and which team you were on. My name is Marissa, and I also grew up in Huntington Beach and graduated in 1994 Edison High School. Um, I now live in San Diego, and I was definitely Team Jonathan all the way. Both of we, you. Oh, yeah. Well, I always thought Christine was a more of a Jordan guy, but... Uh, I definitely liked the shy, quiet one too. He was the least 
annoying of them all, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) And oldest, you know, we like the older guys. So definitely Team Jonathan. Awesome. We didn't like the attention grabbers. Mm -mm. Okay, wonderful. (laughs) Thank Thank you, Marissa, for being on the show. Round two. Round two today is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, we'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each contestant. Points are awarded for each correct answer. Two points for a complete correct answer and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judge to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and get a point. They can make their appeal to the judges uh, through loud arguments and uh, you know try and sway the judge's opinion. The player who won round one has the power to choose between two questions during the round. The power also allows the player to know one of the two categories the question falls under. So there's the advantage of having the power. The power. Players take turns answering questions uh, with the chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but also steals the power. power. Uh, You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer. We obey the, you can't do that on television rules where you may not say, I don't know to something. They have consequences. And in this case, saying I don't know will get a point stolen from you. So are we ready to play? Yeah. Yeah. You can choose between these two question titles. A band so nice, they named it twice. Or showers remind me of Psycho too much which is a music question. A band so nice, they named it twice. Okay. That is also a music question. Which Duran Duran song opened with a sample of laughter from the keyboardist girlfriend? This is a multiple choice question. Ready? Was it A, Rio, B, Hungry Like the Wolf, C, Girls on Film, or D, Wild Boys? Girls on Film. I'm sorry, Girls on Film is incorrect. Christine, here's a chance to steal a point and the power if you can get it correct. Was it A, Rio, B, Hungry Like the Wolf, C, Girls on Film, it's not Girls on Film, or D, Wild Boys? Uh, Hungry Like a Wolf. Hungry Like the Wolf is correct. (laughs) Dang it, I knew that. So that's one point for Christine, and she now has the power. The power. And Christine, you can take a big lead right here if you can get this answer correct this is uh the title is showers remind me of psycho too much it's a music and lyrics question when motown records singer rockwell is in the shower why is he afraid to wash his hair um trying to think of what someone would say uh afraid to wash my hair i don't know answer what and wash your smell away (laughs) I'm sorry, that answer is incorrect. Marissa, can you steal, get a point, and steal the power back? I cannot. Um, It's a song. I just want to make sure. Yes, it's a music and lyrics question. Maybe this one was too hard. I'm afraid to wash my hair because someone put an air in the bottle. I don't know. I don't know. That is incorrect. I didn't know it as well. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Because in his song, Somebody's Watching Me, he explains, When I'm in the shower, I'm afraid to wash my hair. Because I might open my eyes and find someone standing there. People say I'm crazy. I always feel like somebody's watching me. I just know that part. Yeah. I had no idea he was in the shower when he would, that, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't even speak? know his name was Rockwell. Sorry. Well, let me tell you a little something about him. Born Kennedy Gordy, he went by his stage name Rockwell because he rocked well. Uh, he was the son of the founder of the, his record label, and the song heavily featured Michael Jackson singing the chorus. Despite all that, Rockwell was able to beat the odds, and his one-hit wonder, Somebody Watching Me, peaked at number two on the charts, inspiring Rags to Riches story indeed. When did it peak at number two? Uh, 1980. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When we were three. Yeah, that's a very well-known song. Come on. (laughs) Okay, so no points for that question. Uh, 
Christine, you have one point and the power. Uh, Marissa, no points. So Christine, you get to pick between these two questions, ready? And I already can predict which one you're gonna say. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, you can choose between not ready for primetime players or Neo Maxi Zundwebi, which is a movie question. The primetime players one? Oh, wow. I, I bet on the wrong horse. Not ready for primetime players. It's a t television question. Saturday Night Live has a long history of memorable characters. Two such characters are these gray sweatpants wearing bodybuilders who want nothing more than to pump you up. Name the actors and the name of the characters they played in this duo. So you got to name the actor and match the actor with the character. Okay, the actor was Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey, and they were Hans and Franz. But who was Hans and who was Franz is the question. That is a very good question. I'm guessing that Dana Carvey was Hans and Kevin Nealon was Franz. That is correct. Yes. Well done. That is a impressive. Full, yeah, very impressive. I, I don't think I would have gotten that one. That is so uh, the score is now three points. You retain the power. And Marissa has uh, no points so far. So the factoid here is there was a movie planned for a big screen adaptation of Hans and Franz characters. The script written by these two sold to Sony and was all set to be co-produced and co-starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. However, Arnold's movie, The Last Action Hero, was such a bomb that it got cold feet and vowed, I'll never play myself in a movie again. I do a terrible accent, sorry. Uh, the movie, uh, he said he'd never play uh, himself in a movie again. The movie was going to be called Hans and Franz, The Girly Man Dilemma, and it was going to be a musical. <laughs> Let us begin by introducing ourselves. I am Hans. I'm Hans Franz. And we want to pop you up. Okay, Marissa, you're only down three points. A two-pointer here will get you right back in the game. This question is called Neo Maxi Zundwebi. And it is a movie question. The Breakfast Club is a self-named oh. group of students who are in school on Saturday for detention in John Hughes' immortal classic film of the same name. Name three of the five reasons why the kids got detention. Marissa. Oh, geez. I, I haven't seen this movie forever. Um then you're going to have to come up with three very creative answers. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I am going to have to come up with three creative <laughs> answers. One of them was smoking weed in somewhere in school. One of them was pant someone in the hall. Judges? And, and one of them <laughs> threw a paper airplane and hit the teacher in the head with it. But face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom-dweeby. That is not a correct full answer. However, there could be an argument made for a partial. If Christine can get this answer, she'll get the steal and the point. Uh, uh, otherwise, we can have a loud argument about um, whether you uh, can get a point, Marissa. So unless, okay. unless Christine can steal, then, then we can argue. So Christine, do you know the answer? I believe Claire, played by Molly Ringwald. Oh, jeez. Uh, went... <laughs> Skip school to go shopping. And I believe Andrew, played by Emilio Estevez, uh, duct taped some kids' butt cheeks together. And I believe Bender, played by Judd Nelson, had drugs in his locker or something. And Ali Sheedy's character, who I can't remember, I'm saying four in case one of them's wrong, I think didn't do anything wrong. She just showed up. Judges, I hate you. We're gonna give it to you, absolutely. <laughs> so the uh, the Bender one was incorrect, but uh, okay. all the the other three were were great, uh, correct answers. Um, I can't remember what Brian did. So. It was it was smart of you to uh, to go with four. Well well played, Christine. Bender pulled a fire alarm. He had oh, a, okay. a false alarm with a fire alarm. Brian? Brian brought a flare gun that went off in his locker. Oh, that's right. Because he couldn't get the elephant and the lamp to to work. But the scene in which all these characters sat in a circle on the floor in the library to tell each other uh, stories about why they were in, in detention was not scripted. Writer-director John Hughes told them to all ad-lib. 
So they all, the characters came up with all that. So it really makes you think like uh, Anthony Michael Hall, like had this big long thing where he brought the flare gun and stuff. And, you know, Jed Nelson said, Oh, I pulled a fire alarm. I mean, that's <laughs> not the most creative answer. I think Marissa had cr more creative answers than some of those. Yeah, those were good. Christine, you are dominating. You have four mm -hmm. points. Marissa has none. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> and uh, Christine has the power. So a lot of things going Christine's I've way right the now. Power. <laughs> you lose Let's... brain cells with kids, and Marissa's had more kids than me. So it's, I'm going to chalk it up to the kids. Very true. <laughs> Okay, so here's your two questions you can pick from, Christine. Um, Inconceivable, which might surprise you as a movie question. Or you can choose 9021, oh my gosh, I'm old. <laughs> oh, those are both good. Yeah. But I feel like they're not necessarily about what they sound like they'll be about. Inconceivable. I don't know that that first one's actually going to be a Princess Bride question. So It is a movie question, uh -huh. though. You I'll, go with, I'll go with inconceivable. I think, uh, I'm not sure what the other one is, but movies, I think I can figure that out. Okay. This is a two-part question. Okay. okay. So if you get it wrong, there's a big chance for Marissa to catch up. In the classic movie, The Princess Bride, by what name did Buttercup call Wesley when assigning him chores? And what was his only reply back to her? So here's your multiple choice. Was it A, servant, B, peasant, C, farmhand, D, farm boy, or E, Carrie Elvis? I'm going to go with farmhand. Farmhand is incorrect. I'm sorry. Shoot. Marissa, would you like to steal? I would. It is farm boy. And what was his only reply back to her? Uh, as you wish. That is correct. That sound you heard in the background was opportunity coming through the door. <laughs> I thought when you read it the second time, you dropped farm boy, because that's what I was going to pick. But I, you reread it, and I thought you only gave me four choices. That's very convenient. If only there was a way to go back. And uh, <laughs> So, Marissa, great job. My husband You're walked in at the same time. I was super distracted. <laughs> Well, uh, that's, lost, your distraction is good for Marissa smart. because yes. you're on the board now, Marissa. You're killing me. Come on. You've stolen okay. the power back. And the fact that here on this is uh, director Rob Reiner auditioned over 500 women for the role of Buttercup, including Courtney Cox, Meg Ryan, Uma Thurman, and Whoopi Goldberg. No. The internet doesn't lie. <laughs> that's what it told me. Those would have all been horrid. <laughs> yeah, it was a good choice. He made a good choice. So yeah. the score is four points for Christine, one point for Marissa. And Marissa, get both points here and you're in good shape. Okay. Okay. Question is 9021. Oh my gosh, I'm old. It's a television question. Not many of the quote teens at the center of 90210 Beverly Hills were actually teenagers. Uh, Gabrielle Car Carteris was the oldest cast member when she was cast as 16-year-old Andrea Zuckerman. How old was she when she was cast? Okay. And this is a multiple choice. Okay. okay. Was she A, 29, B, 23, C, 33, or D, 69 years old? 69, dudes. 29. Even though I think it's 33, but I'm going to say 29. 29 is the correct answer. Yes. Good. Okay. Three points now is your score, Marissa, with that two-pointer. And that brings the score to three points to four points. Christine still has a one-point lead. Gabrielle Carteris sure. lied about her age when, uh, when she auditioned. She uh, feared that she would not get the job because she was so old. She was in good company, however, because at the start of season one, Jason Priestley was already 21. Luke Perry was 24, and Ian, or Ian Ziering, was 26. At the time of this recording, Gabrielle Carteris just celebrated her 60th birthday. A few more years, and she'll be able to get the senior citizen discount at the Peach Pit. <laughs> okay, here is the final questions with a one-point game. This will, this will decide it. Marissa, you have the power. So here you go. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. You stole okay. it. Awesome. Okay. 
So here you go. Here's your two <laughs> you get to pick from. Do you choose the question fashion over function, which is a, a culture slash fashion question, or do you choose pro V or not pro V? That is the question. Fashion over function. Fashion over function. <laughs> Developed as a response to the quartz crisis of the 1970s and 80s, what was introduced by a Swiss company that became a fashion craze for wrists all over the world of the 1980s? Developed as a response. Swatch, watch. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Marissa, you now have five points. <laughs> I was hoping you didn't get that in my head. Swatch, watch. <laughs> I was like Watch thinking watches. of crystals and stuff, and I'm like, what? I don't know. <laughs> the company's name is a contraction of Second Watch. Swatches were intended as a cheap and disposable everyday option to wear uh, to combat the new quartz technology that began to dominate the industry. In a collection of 4,369 Swatch watches from over the years, uh, was sold in 2011 for over six and a half million dollars. And I sold her out for a bunch of swatch dogs and diet coke heads. That's a lot of swatchies. Okay, Christine. Okay. You are down one point. Get this correct, you win. Otherwise, Marissa wins. Okay. Oh, if I get it correct, it's not a tie, and then we have to. Uh, unless you get a partial. But if you get a partial, Marissa has a tiebreaker because she has the power. Oh, okay. This question is called Pro-V or not Pro-V? That is the question. Actress Kelly LeBrock uttered the immortal phrase, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. In the late 80s advertisement for which beauty product brand? I remember that. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. And she did the little pouty lips. And uh, I wanna say L'Oreal or Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. No, I don't think that would be that. Um, now that I've said that, if I don't pick Maybelline, I'm going to kick myself. So uh, I, I don't know. So I'm going to guess Maybelline. Maybe she's born it. with it, but maybe, maybe it's she's Maybelline. not. I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. Uh, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Uh, Marissa, do you want to steal it and just for funsies? Yeah. Okay. What is it, Marissa? <clears throat> I'm saying, I'm going to say Pantene. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Pantene shampoo is correct. Oh. The Pro-V. You know, when you said Pro-V or not Pro-V, I was saying, isn't that a Pantene commercial? And I'm glad I didn't say it because I would have given you the answer. Great job, Marissa. Awesome. Pantene shampoo is correct. Thanks. After the first reading of the script for the commercial, uh, Kelly LeBrock walked off the set and felt uh, too awkward uh, talking about, or saying the line, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. She was chased down the hall and convinced to do it. And it became the most lucrative endorsement she ever made. She was married. Uh, you wanna take this one, Christine? To Steven Seagal, the action star. The alleged martial arts expert and actor, Steven Seagal, with whom she has three children. Very good. No points. Are they still married? No, I don't think so. Would you be married to Steven Seagal? <laughs> I mean, he can still kick his legs like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What advantages are there with that? If you don't know, then you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Marissa. You won the game. Woohoo! Awesome. So once again, congratulations to Marissa for winning uh, round two. And, but, but before we play the final round, if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a lot to me. Uh, we'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thank you. Who's we? Uh, me and the judge. Oh, okay. The judges and me. We, we would appreciate it. Round three. A dysfunctional family feud. Woohoo! This is where I will destroy you, Christine. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Okay. Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, we, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. 
I will ask the same five survey questions, family feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to give a response to what they think is the most popular answers from the Gen X timeline. So all answers need to be filtered through that lens. Uh, these are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets to answer first with the winner unable to hear her responses. The winner will then have to give the same uh, give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, then they win the game and they go on to claim their chance at a prize. That means, Christine, you get to go first, right? I have to put her in a waiting room, right? Waiting room. Bye, Marissa. Bye. So you can only pass once. Okay, Christine? Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Your time will begin. You'll, give you, you'll have a five count to answer. Okay. okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Name a man's fashion trend that you're glad is no longer in style. Uh, peg leg pants. I'm offended. Name a song title with a non-US country or city name in it. Constantinople. Name a television show that was banned in your house by your parents. MTV, that's not a show, but I didn't. Sorry. Name a movie that is too culturally insensitive to be made today. A Song of the South. Okay. Who was the 80s celebrity crush of every girl? Corey Haim. One of the two Corys is on the list. We'll see if he chose the right one. Oh, Corey Feldman. No, Corey Haim. We'll was see. <laughs> We'll bring Marissa back in. Okay, Marissa. Okay. You have Enjoy your, job. your silence. You have your job cut out for you. Ready? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, don't forget, you have two passes you can make if you get stuck, and I'll come back to it. Okay. Okay. Don't forget, though, you can pass. You can pass twice. Okay. So you can do this. Ready? Mm-hmm. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Name a man's fashion trend that you're glad is no longer in style? Pegged pants. Try again. Oh, uh, cut tank tops. Those were terrible. <laughs> I know, disgusting. Like muscle shirts, you see the armpit <laughs> hair. <laughs> name a song title with a non-US country or city name in it. Africa. Ooh, good one. Uh, Name a television show that was banned in your house by your parents. Melrose Place. Name a movie that is too culturally insensitive to be made today. Airplane. <laughs> I love that movie. I watch it every New Year's. Surely you can't be right. <laughs> no, she's not right. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Who was the 80s celebrity crush of every girl? Johnny Depp. Just think of the posters you had on your bedroom wall. Was I had Jonathan. <laughs> you didn't have any Tiger Beat pictures of actors. Was it Tiger Beat? No. What was it? Yeah. Oh. I had I had Jonathan. That's it. Who needs wallpaper when you had pictures of all these? I boys? had actual boyfriends. I didn't need celebrity crushes. <laughs> Marissa's walls Marissa's walls were plastered with actual boys. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I hit my dating peak in college. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my peak. <laughs> Any day now. Okay, so here's the answers. Uh, I asked you, name a man's fashion trend that you're glad is no longer in style. Marissa, you said crop top, which was the number five answer worth eight points. Christine, you said pegged pants, which was close to another answer. So we're going to give it to you. We checked with the judges and the judges gave it a thumbs up. Okay. And that was the number four answer, which gives you nine points. So right now, Christine's in the lead, nine points to eight points. So the number one answer for uh, the men's fashion trend was parachute pants. Parachute pants. Oh, was the those were hot. Yeah. Name a song title with a non-US country or city name in it. Uh, Marissa said the number one answer, which was Africa. 
Good job with, with 28 points. Awesome. Bringing you to a total of 36. Christine said, Constantinople. Uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople. Uh, that's a good I answer. I believe the that title was good Istanbul, answer. not Constantinople. <laughs> they went out of their way to say the song is not called Constantinople. Constantinople. <sighs> I love that so much. Unfortunately, that did not make our survey, but I wish it would have. It's Me a too. Song. So the score is now Marissa has 36. Christine has nine. Whoa. Anything can still happen. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Name a TV show that was banned in your house by your parents. Marissa said Melrose Place, which did not make our survey. Uh, Christine said MTV, which was the number two answer worth 20 points. Is so, MTV a show? That's what the survey, the, the survey answered it. Okay. These were actual people. Okay. So that brings the score, Marissa 36, Christine 29. What was the number one answer? On the that? number one answer was no shows were banned in their house by their parents. That's that not a, an answer. That's a lack of an answer. <laughs> that's what the survey said. And that's a very Gen yeah. X thing. We're kind of yeah. led to, fed to the wolves, you know? Yeah. Latchkey kids, Latch there was no kids. rules. Uh, name a movie that is too culturally insensitive to be made today. Uh, Marissa said Airplane, which is a great answer. That was number four, bringing, uh, worth 15 points, bringing your total up to 51. Christine said Song of the South, which <laughs> did not make our survey. However, you're correct. They would not be made today. That is the oh, most culturally inappropriate yes. song. Uh, you, might, you might you uh, might be standing corrected when you hear the number one answer, which is oh. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles, number one. Uh, so Song yeah. of the South worth no points. Yeah. Uh, the total is Marissa 51, Christine 29. Anything can still happen. I asked you, who was the 80s celebrity crush of every girl? Marissa said Johnny Depp, which was the number three answer, worth Ooh. 22 points. Bringing her to her total score of 73 points. Woohoo. Christine, you need to score 44 points. Yeah, didn't happen. Your answer was Corey Hain. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I can tell you, one of the two Corys made the survey. And it was Corey Hain. Corey Feldman? Yeah. yeah. No well, one's going to pick Corey Feldman. Come on now. He was not the cute Corey. <laughs> I mean. RIP, though. Uh, to yeah. Corey Haim. Corey Haim was the number five answer worth nine points, uh, which means you did not score enough points to block Marissa. Congratulations, <laughs> Marissa. You won. Woohoo! So excited. You're the, I... only, you're the second winner of this game all time. I was really getting doubts of whether people could actually win this game or not, uh, but you have restored faith in the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank pleasure. you to Christine. You tried hard. Uh, a lot of your answers, I think, should have been on the survey, but they weren't. Yes. Um, they were good, educated answers, but they did not make the survey. Thank you for playing all the same. Marissa, you're not good at the smack talking when you're like, yes, and you started to say an S word. I thought you were going to be like, suck it, Christine, but you're all so glad. And I'm like, oh, you missed your opportunity there. <laughs> I am not a good smack talker. I mean, soak it, Christine. You suck. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's what I want to hear. You're the worst at this. You shouldn't even been born in this generation. <laughs> you should have been born in the 60s because that's where you are the best at being prim and proper. <laughs> Is that good smack talk for you? That last part didn't make sense, but okay. 50s. 50s. 40s. I don't prim and know. Proper is supposed to be an insult. <laughs> yes, you're prim and proper. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices to make in your podcast and enjoyment. And it simply amazes me that you chose to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate it. Thanks if you like the show, you can join us on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for more 
fun Gen X content. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contribution there, go directly towards the show, uh, keeping it going and offering better prizes and to pay for Marissa's prize, whatever she uh, picks here in a moment. Um, Something good. I hope so. At our Patreon site, there's all kinds of special offers for becoming a contributor. Go check it out if you'd like. Uh, if you like what we're doing here and you're able to give a few bucks, I would be forever grateful. If not, that's cool too. Please consider us next time. I'm just happy you're listening to the show. I'd like to uh, give a second for our contestants to give any kind of shout outs or plugs that they'd like. Marissa, thank you for being on the show. Is there anything you'd like to promote today? I'd just like to say you can find me on any of my children's private TikToks or Snapchats. They're continually following me around, filming me doing stupid stuff. So you can find me there. And I just want to give a shout out to my husband, who's always stuck in Generation X, literally wears the same clothes he wore in high school and has uh, Rick Astley and Tommy Two-Tone on his iTunes. So I'm always, I'm always just stuck right here. Can't leave it ever. That's why I'm so good at this game. <laughs> Doug is doing so shout, everything. Shout out to Dougie Fresh. <laughs> Doug is doing everything he can to save Generation X. Props That's right. to you, Doug. That's right. Thank you, Marissa. Christine, how about you? You got anything you want to plug or shout outs you want to make? Uh, just shout out to my kids who are listening and hope they like see how cool their mom used to be. Because um, not so cool anymore these days, apparently. <laughs> I beg to differ. It's, Christine it's is the coolest. <laughs> Well, I'll forever be indebted to you for being on the show, Christine. Thank you so much for All being right. here. I appreciate your mm -hmm. time. The Shoppers Bazaar segment is a throwback to the old Wheel of Fortune prize vault, where the winner gets to claim a prize from the showroom. However, we are not Wheel of Fortune, and I can only offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place a minimum bid on the listing of the winner's choice until I am the high bidder. So it's kind of a gamble on my part. Who knows what the high bid is? If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner and mail it out to him. Okay, so some of the items up for bid are five new kids on the block buttons, the Star Wars Mad Libs, a vintage 80s Bud Light Spuds McKenzie handkerchief and bandana slash wall Pass. hanger. Pass. Beagle ceramic puppies, the ceramic dog. A, this is a guitar pick signed by Robert Smith. This is a vintage metal Darth Vader pendant. And if you look look at it up close, it it's all beat to hell. <laughs> this this is my favorite one. I'm gonna oh, say that I one want for that. Hold on, no, hold on. I want that. <laughs> We're saving that one for last. We got the a Henry Winkler uh, authentic hand signed autograph. <laughs> yes. This one's kind of interesting. This is a Morrissey. This is like a handmade gift thing. This is a Morrissey uh, uh, collectible decorative matchbox. So somebody took matchboxes and decorated them with all kinds of like Morrissey and Smith's uh, decorations on them. <laughs> Are those actual Morrissey matchboxes? Oh, I see. It's Lisa basically Pink's a matchbook. A match, matchbox. Scrapbooking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, let's be real though. I could make sticks. those myself. Yeah, come on. Could you make it that good though? Look at that. Um, yes, I could. I have all of those actual things. Could you bedazzle it? My just craft. Like that? Uh, yes, I have all. I literally have all of that craft supplies. Okay, but do you have our final offer up for bid, which is a vintage '80s Wendy's where the beef? Where's the beef oven mitt? I do not have that, and I want that a hundred percent. Okay. Because I still use that saying multiple times a year. So for our <laughs> listeners, there's an oven mitt with a awful looking caricature of the old lady <laughs> saying, where's the beef in a cartoon bubble? Her face looks like it's melting and dripping. Yes, it, 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 it could. It's either the lady from where's the beef or one of the Nazis after they opened the Arctic yes, oven. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> Hard to tell, but it's authentic. Says 1984, uh, right there on the side, from Wendy's. It's like cross stitched. That's why. Yeah, Look but it's like it. It's got last it's, night's dinner on it still it's too. Disgusting. By looks of it. It's pixelated. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Let the bidding begin. 
we're gonna place we're gonna place the bed here you go one dollar is there a backside you're the top winner (laughs) you're the the top bidder marissa oh please one buck please contribute so i can get this (laughs) if our listeners will join patreon and help fund this you're gonna get the uh, vintage 80s Wendy's where the beef la- where's the beef lady oven mitt and there's nothing better than that yes okay so the bid has been placed we will see this bidding ends in five days we will update our uh, listeners later on for those who are wondering when Marty won in episode very one he won a Darth Vader Funko Pop we were outbid on that one so Marty oh. didn't end up getting it but hopefully Marissa will Okay. There were some good things on there. That was a hard choice. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question for this episode. If you know the answer, please reach out to us on our our Facebook group for the show. You can find it and just uh, search for Who Will Save Generation X and it'll show up. Uh, or you can email me directly at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Once again, that's whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. If you have any feedback for the show, I'd love to hear it. I need to hear it, frankly. Uh, if you'd like to submit a trivia question or a segment idea, you can reach uh, me there as well. And if we use your question on the episode, on an episode, we'll be sure to give you a shout out and give you credit for that. For the cliffhanger question, correct answers will go in a drawing for an upcoming prize at a later date. I cannot promise that it'll be as cool as a prize as the Where's the Beef oven mitt, but it'll be something fun for sure. So the cliffhanger question of the week is, which future Batman actor once starred in a commercial for Pac-Man cereal in the 1980s? So that's it for the episode, everyone. Thanks so much for checking out the show and doing your part to keep these important treasures of Generation X Alive. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes, where once again we will ask, who will save Generation X? Later. The end. Now I think you ought to go to sleep. Grandpa, maybe you could come over and read it again to me tomorrow. As you wish. Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. Istanbul. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.